Welcome to the Happy Menopause Podcast with me, Jackie Lynch, nutritionist and founder of the Well, Well, Well Nutrition Clinic, where I specialise in women's health and the menopause. There are multiple ways that diet and lifestyle can support you through the challenges of midlife. And my latest book, The Happy Menopause, Smart Nutrition to Help You Flourish, is packed with all my best nutritional advice to help you tailor your diet to your menopause symptoms. Join me and my expert guests on a journey through midlife in this podcast and find out how you can have a healthy and happy menopause. Hi everyone. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, isn't it? Of course, that's not always a good thing if you're the one organising it and feeling a bit overwhelmed at this point. But even if you absolutely love Christmas, and I have to confess that I do, there can be a slight sense of dread about the impact it can have on your health and well-being, and especially your waistline, with all those extra goodies and social events going on. So we're going to have a bit of fun with today's episode, because I've devised a Christmas nutrition quiz to test your knowledge and to give you some handy tips and tricks to help avoid some of the health traps that line the festive season. So give yourself a point for each one you get right and keep the tally as you go along to see how you score at the end. Okay, let's start with the big one, alcohol. However moderate you are, alcohol consumption can creep up alarmingly in the run-up to Christmas. So here's the first question. Which will do the most damage to your waistline over Christmas? Is it mulled wine, cream sherry, or Buck's Fizz? What do you think? Which will do the most damage to your waistline over Christmas? Mulled wine? Cream Sherry or Buck's Fizz? Actually, the Buck's Fizz is the one to watch here. Did you get it right? A standard 125ml flute of sparkling wine contains about two teaspoons of sugar, which is almost twice as much as white wine and three times as much as red. Mixing it with orange juice is a lethal combination because just a small serving of orange juice contains the equivalent of two and a half teaspoons of sugar which means that a generous glass of Buck's Fizz on Christmas morning could easily add up to four to five teaspoons of sugar before the days even got started. Beware mulled wine too, because much will depend on the amount of sugar in the recipe, but the chances are it will break down to at least a couple of teaspoons per serving. A schooner of cream sherry comes in at a modest one and a half teaspoons of sugar. If you're trying to keep the units down, Opt for wines that are 11 to 12% rather than 14 to 15%, which can be quite common with some of the new world wines. That can knock off a unit per glass straight away. For spirits, get yourself a measure so you're not being overly generous when you pour and you know how much you're having. A single serving of gin or vodka, which is smaller than you might think, by the way, is just one unit of alcohol compared to a glass of wine which can contain two to three units, depending on the strength of the wine. Just remember that alcohol can be a killer with hot flushes. So if you tend to struggle with that, keeping the units down could make a real difference. Okay, next question. It's nibbles time. Which snack contains the most salt? Olives, crisps or pistachios? So which snack contains the most salt? Olives, crisps? or pistachios? What do you think? 
it's actually the olives. Because most olives are cured in brine, so it's not surprising that they're a pretty salty snack, even when compared to salted nuts or crisps. But there are so many other health benefits that they shouldn't be dismissed out of hand. They're an excellent source of monounsaturated fatty acids that studies have shown help to support cardiac health and reduce blood pressure. And remember, we do need to focus on heart health post-menopause because the risk of coronary heart disease increases with the loss of the protective effect of estrogen on the heart muscle. Olives also contain anti-inflammatory and antioxidant flavonoids that can help protect against some cancers. And they're a surprisingly good source of calcium, with just five to six olives containing the same amount of calcium as a small glass of milk, which your bones will just love. So put like that, why would you bother with the empty calories of the crisps? Okay, it's party time now. It's the morning after the night before. What's the best hangover relieving breakfast? Is it poached egg with spinach, a green vegetable juice, or plain full-fat yoghurt with pumpkin seeds and chopped almonds? Have a think. What's the best hangover-relieving breakfast? Is it poached egg with spinach, a green vegetable juice, or plain full-fat yoghurt with pumpkin seeds and chopped almonds? The answer is poached egg with spinach. Now, all of these can help in their different ways, but the combination of eggs and spinach is a winner. Eggs are rich in the antioxidant cysteine, which the liver uses to break down the toxins that have led to the hangover. And leafy green vegetables like spinach are rich in vitamin C, another antioxidant that supports the detoxification process. Plus, they're also full of energy-boosting B vitamins that can be depleted by alcohol. And that could give you the boost you need on Christmas morning if you've overdone the eggnog. So the green vegetable juice is good, but the egg and the spinach combo is a double whammy to target your hangover. Yogurt and nuts might actually work better as a preventative measure before you start drinking. As fat takes longer to digest, it can help slow down the release of the alcohol into the small intestine. And that helps to prevent the buildup of toxins that can lead to a hangover. Now, here's a handy tip for you. It's something that I learned when I was training to be a nutritionist, and it made us all sit up in the lecture hall, let me tell you. Taking a gram of vitamin C before you go to bed, after you've had a drink or two, can help to prevent a hangover because you kickstart the detoxification process early. Obviously, it will depend on quite how much you've drunk, but it can definitely stop that feeling of being tired or jaded after one glass too many or reduce the impact of a hangover if you've gone a bit further. My favourite brand of vitamin C is BioCare's Vitamin C Powder. It dissolves in water and is very easy on the stomach, as too much vitamin C can cause loose stools. Okay, let's look at some Christmas classics next. If you're trying to keep the sugar intake down, would you be wisest to accept a mince pie, a slice of Christmas cake, or a helping of Christmas pudding. So if you're trying to keep your sugar intake down, what's the best option? A mince pie, a slice of Christmas cake, or a helping of Christmas pudding? Tricky one, isn't it? To be honest, none of these are a terribly healthy option. But in terms of your waistline, a single mince pie is definitely the safest choice because it contains roughly half the sugar found in even a small portion of either the cake or the pudding. 
And as it's Christmas, the chances are that you could be tempted to go for a fairly generous helping of cake or pudding, which could do even more damage. It's your call. There's nothing wrong with the occasional treat, of course, but a mince pie every day might not be a smart move. Okay, looking at more treats. Which of these luxury offerings is most likely to bring on an attack of gout? Because gout is becoming a bit of a thing these days, you know. Is it a glass of port, a fresh lobster canapé, or a portion of Stilton? I'll say that again. So which of these luxury treats is most likely to bring on an attack of gout? Is it the port, the lobster canapé, or the Stilton? It's actually the lobster canapé, because lobster is very high in compounds called purines. Foods that contain a large concentration of purines can lead to a buildup of uric acid, which is deposited in the joints and can cause a painful attack of gout. Although the common view is that gout attacks port drinkers, beer is far higher in purines than either wine or fortified wine. And the main foods to watch out for would be shellfish or offal, such as liver or liver pate, if you want to have a pain-free Christmas. Now, moving on to Christmas dinner. Which Christmas meat will leave you feeling the most cheerful? Is it goose, turkey or partridge? So which Christmas meat will leave you feeling the most cheerful? Goose, turkey or partridge? What do you think? It's turkey. Because turkey is particularly rich in the essential amino acid tryptophan, which is converted by the body into the good mood neurotransmitter serotonin. High levels of serotonin promote a feeling of well-being and will make sure you exude seasonal good cheer to all the family, no matter how annoying they are. Tryptophan is also a brilliant amino acid for us midlife women because it plays a key role in optimal sleep by increasing levels of melatonin in the body so that you fall asleep more easily and stay asleep for longer. Turkey and chicken are particularly good sources, but it's also found in eggs, oats and sunflower or pumpkin seeds. And to go with the turkey, which of these popular stuffing mixers contains some surprising hidden health benefits? Is it pork sausage meat with sage and onion? Pork sausage meat with chestnut and thyme? Or pork sausage meat with apple and cranberry? So which of these popular stuffing mixers contains some surprising hidden health benefits? Pork sausage meat with sage and onion? Pork sausage meat with chestnut and thyme? Or pork sausage meat with apple and cranberry? Not sure? Actually, they're all pretty good. So this is a bit of a trick question. Sage is great for relieving hot flushes, for example, and cranberry can help to reduce the risk of urinary tract infections. But the clue is in the question. I said surprising. So I've gone for chestnut and thyme. But I'll give you a point for whichever one you picked, because surprising is a bit subjective. And after all, it's Christmas and I'm feeling generous. So chestnuts are rich in omega-3 fatty acids, which support heart health, hormone balance, and they also have anti-inflammatory properties. Thyme has antibacterial properties, which can help the balance of the microbiome in the gut, promoting a healthy digestion. Plus, it also contains flavonoids, which are protective antioxidant plant compounds that support an effective immune function. 
In fact, it's one of the herbs that got a big tick in my podcast on immune-boosting foods when I chatted to herbalist Ed Joy in Season 3, Episode 7. So check that one out if you're interested. Okay, you've had your dinner now and you're faced with the cheese board. Which is your best option to limit your intake of saturated fat if you want to keep an eye on cholesterol levels? Is it brie, stilton or cheddar? So you're faced with a cheese board and you want to keep saturated fat to a minimum. Which of these is the lowest? Is it brie, stilton or cheddar? Hmm. Well, in terms of saturated fat, none of them are ideal. But brie is the least bad at 18.2 grams per 100 grams, which is just under the guideline daily amount for women of 20 grams of saturated fat per day. Cheddar comes in at 21.7 grams and Stilton is the worst offender at 23 grams. The trick here is not to overdo it and to keep to a small slice rather than scoffing down the entire cheese board. And to go with the cheese, if you're trying to keep your blood sugar balanced, Which cracker should you choose to get the most fibre? Is it an oat cake, a rice cake or a water biscuit? So which cracker should you choose to get the most fibre? An oat cake, a rice cake or a water biscuit? The answer is oat cake because that actually racks up more than two and a half times the amount of fibre of the other two, which really will keep you going for longer and help reduce those sugar cravings so you won't keep reaching for the quality street as you slump in front of the Christmas Day movie. And finally, last question, what's the best snack to leave out for Santa on Christmas Eve if you want to make sure he completes his rounds? Is it a glass of sherry and a mince pie? a portion of hummus and carrot sticks, or a sausage roll. So what's the best snack to leave out for Santa on Christmas Eve if you want to make sure he completes his rounds? A glass of sherry and a mince pie, a portion of hummus and carrot sticks, or a sausage roll? Well, it's the hummus and carrot sticks, of course. This should be obvious to anyone who's listened to the previous episode on blood sugar, because blood sugar balance really is the answer to everything. This is a great snack for sustained energy, because Santa's body will burn through the complex carbohydrate in the carrots much more slowly than the refined carbohydrate in the pastry of the mince pie or the sausage roll. And by adding protein in the form of hummus, this will slow down things even further, helping him motor on happily until Christmas morning because we definitely don't want anything to go wrong for Santa, do we? So that's it. How did you get on? It's one point per question. So add them up if you've been keeping a tally and let's see what your score out of 10 is. If it was zero to four, hmm, beware. Too many poor food choices over the Christmas party season could leave you looking and feeling less than your best as you prepare to squeeze into your finery for New Year's Eve. I recommend that you snap up your copy of my book, The Happy Menopause, Smart Nutrition to Help You Flourish, as a pre-Christmas gift to yourself to guide you through the festive season. If it was five to seven out of ten, well, not bad, but could do better. This is a pretty good effort, though, so just watch out for the hidden sugar traps that line the festive season, 
because quite a lot of damage can be done in a few short weeks. Keep listening to the podcast for more handy diet and lifestyle advice. If you scored an impressive 8, 9 or 10, well, wow, keep up the good work. You obviously keep a close eye on nutrition and health matters and have probably got a well-thumbed copy of The Happy Menopause on your bookshelf already. If not, it's definitely time to add it to the list for Santa so that you can be even more well-informed and impress all your friends. I've added the information to the show notes for you on the podcast page of my website, well-well.co.uk, so you can find it easily. I hope you enjoyed that. It's just a bit of fun and hopefully a few useful tips for you as well. Whatever you're doing, I hope you have a peaceful and happy time over the Christmas season. We all deserve a bit of that. I'll be back in the first week of January with a great episode on positive steps you can take for a beautiful midlife. None of this radical detox nonsense you'll be pleased to hear. So take care and wishing you all a very happy and healthy Christmas and New Year. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And please give it a five-star rating and a short review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen on. I'd be so grateful. And do tell your friends and family about it too. It really does make a huge difference to the visibility of the podcast so that more women can find the show. After all, every woman deserves to have a happy menopause. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.